Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast series. Now, this is a series I'm super excited about. And the reason being is that obviously I talk retail and I'm in the retail space. But something that I haven't really touched on a lot in the, in the series is marketing in retail. And what I'm really excited about today is I have Richard Leverman on, and he is fantastic in the marketing space. Now, what we're going to delve into today on this episode is why do you need to do retail marketing? How do you need to do it? And tips for doing retail marketing. So we're really going to break it down, simplify it, and really go back to basics and what that looks like um, in your retail store. So thanks for coming on, Richard. Thank you for having me. It's um, it, it's a great topic. I, I love retail. I, I've studied it. I've worked for a couple of very, very large retailers and worked in retailers as well. And I think it's such an interesting topic because lots of retailers are very good at buying and selling. But how do you get good about talking about yourself and promoting you from a marketing perspective? So it should be an interesting topic. Amazing. So I suppose starting off then, why retail marketing? Like what, I suppose, why do retailers need to market their business? I think if you go back 20, 30 years ago, it was dead easy. You put products in the store and and people would come to you. I think with what's happened with digital and the rise of Amazon, or the rise and rise of Amazon, there's so much competition out there. And just expecting people to come to your store is not enough. I think you have to talk to people. Now, in the past, if you looked at say, doing a Christmas campaign, you were fighting against other retailers, um, whether it be in your local area or, or your vicinity, and you were trying to give customers a reason to come to you. Now I think your competition is so much bigger, whether it is high street giants, whether it is the online. And for me, if you don't get your marketing right or if you're not doing it, I think you're missing out on an opportunity. And I think it's really, really important that we kind of understand why we need to do this. And for me, it's we all need customers. And it's also not just new customers that we need, but we need to talk to our existing customers. But we also need to talk to our teams that work in stores and inspire them. And I think, like I said, just having products in a store is no longer enough. Just having great customer service is not enough. For me, you have to do the marketing to remind people of your business if they're already shopping with you or to give people reasons or inspiration to come and try you. And then you can hypnotize them with your offer in store. So for me, marketing is one of those things that it just needs to be done properly and to inspire people, to give people reasons to come and visit us. Yeah. So marketing, and you touched on a couple of points there with the, you know, the online and, um, you yep. know, how we're, I suppose, how we're attracting and you said they're retaining and I suppose touching out to those customers that are regulars or whatever that might be. Marketing, is, I suppose, it's such a vast space. So for those that are in retail and marketing um, and, you know, we've talked about why it's important, but I suppose what what is the first kind of steps you look at when you're talking to maybe retailers um Richard with that marketing piece what what do you tell them to do or what is kind of the first steps maybe that you'd get them to look at when they're looking at their their in-store marketing for example yeah it's a good question and 
I went onto Wikipedia just to double check because it's it's um about 24 years since I was in university to give an exact definition. So I looked up the definition of marketing and according to Wikipedia, where everything's true, uh, marketing is the process of exploring, creating and delivering value to meet the needs of a target market in terms of goods and services, potentially including a selection of a target audience. Well, I kind of, that's okay. But I'd like to simplify that. And for me, marketing is inviting guests to the party. It's inviting people to hang out with you by sharing something unique that interests them. And and the way I see it is that let's say you've got a really great retail store with a great proposition, great products, great service. It's almost like, right, you're ready for your party. You've got some unique reasons for people to come to you rather than your competitors. So let's say, I know you've got an exclusive on a product range or you've got um, an evening event or whatever it is that you're doing in your store. Well, if you don't invite anybody, you're not going to have the the right amount of guests. And and I think for me, that's the simplified version of marketing. You're sharing stories, unique stories, and giving people a reason to come and hang out with you and to have that conversation. And for me, to begin with, I think the marketing has to be around, right, is your house ready to invite guests to? Yes or no? In other words, is your retail correct? Have you got the right products, the right people, the right proposition? The answer is yes, that's great. And then for me, it's about knowing what your stories are. What makes you unique? What makes you special? And I'll give you an example. There's a a brilliant store um, in Leicester called Nada, and they do zero waste. And their story that they went out, they are Leicester's first zero waste store. And and it came out and, and their products are great. They've kind of got those kind of big containers full of pasta. They kind of do, you can bring a jam jar in and they give you sort of soap to take away. It's a really fantastic proposition. The products are great. The service is lovely. And then they went out and did this big kind of PR splash when they first opened. But then they've reinforced it through social media, through all kinds of kind of events that they've run. So people know about it, but their story is, we are the first zero waste store in this town and this is how we go about it. And I think that's great. You know, what are those stories that make you unique and then to share them? And then another example, there's a brilliant retailer in Malvern in the UK, Worcestershire, and it's called Kate Modern. And she's got the most fantastic product. She's got a real sense of humor. She's an artist, so she sells her art in the store And she's got the rudest soap you've ever seen. It's just got the most disgraceful names, but it's really funny. And it kind of matches her personality. And we're talking about this and she said, oh yeah, nobody else has got this at all, like locally or or, or anywhere in the county. And we'll go and share that story. Go and share the story that your personality has selected these products to make people smile when they come into the store and smell nice. And and this is kind of what are those unique stories? And the final example I'm going to give you is um, a really fantastic store in, in San Francisco called Upper Playground. I'm wearing one of their hoodies today. Absolutely love it. And what they do is they get local street artists, an artist from the city of San Francisco, to design their clothes and their designs on them. It's brilliant. And that unique story allows them to compete against some of the biggest retailers in the world in that city. 
And for me, it's about what are those stories that make you unique? And then go and share it with people. And, and for me, that's sort of a really, really good place to start kind of building your marketing. What are the stories that make you unique? What are the reasons for somebody to come in and visit you? Whether it is, this is zero waste and this is how it works. Whether it is, we've got the rudest soap you'll ever see. And it's just the perfect gift for the person that you cannot buy gifts for. And everybody has somebody like that. Or is it, we use local street artists and we do cool stuff. You know, those stories give people a reason to come and hang out with you. And for me, that's a really good beginning place to think about. And I think that if you're a retailer, why should somebody visit you? What's unique about you? What are the stories that are going to be interesting to attract customers to come and speak to you? And then it's about sharing those stories. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think <clears throat> what's honing, what what you're really honing in on there, I think, Richard, and the examples you gave were great, was having a story. So building a brand, building your marketing strategy around yeah. the story of those products. So, yeah, we have a great product. Um, but as you said, I think, you know, and it has massively evolved where, you know, we were we were filling the 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 shelves and the stores with as much stock as we could because that was our sales strategy you know years ago you have loads and loads and loads of options you know um and you give the customer nearly too much choice almost and now we've nearly gone a little bit back where we're you know we're having less options but we're nearly building those options into what you said there which is stories around the products and really profiling um those those products in in a different and there's a reason for it and the reason for it started probably 2006, 2007, where it just exploded, which is Facebook. Facebook made storytelling fashionable again. And we're all looking for stories to share with our communities. We're all looking for content. And, you know, for me, I love the story about Nada in, in Leicester because um, she just had a child and just saw the amount of plastic being thrown away and just the waste in her weekly shop. So she wanted to do something about it. And she'd been in London and seen the kind of zero waste movement and went, well, why can't I do this in Leicester? And I just thought, wow, I really like her story. I've really bought into her. And then I've gone into the store and it's great. And I've then gone and shared that story with my local community. And for me, that's where I think storytelling has become fashionable again, or or whether I go in and buy the kind of the rudest soap you've ever seen. And, and give it to my friend Hannah, you know, all of a sudden you've got a story to share or tell. And I, and I think we all have this. And like I said, storytelling is back in fashion. How are you going to share the stories about you is almost kind of the next phase of what we're talking about. And in order to do that, we have to know who our customers are, which kind of nicely leads on to, you know, if you are going to tell these stories, who are your customers? And for me, it's about building an avatar of your customers. Now, if you ask most retailers, I say, well, my customer typically shops, does their grocery shopping here, drives this type of car, this type of demographic, and you can build that picture up. You know when you work in a store what kind of customers you have. But I, for me, I think it's a great opportunity to do some like really simple market research. Ask them. Ask them some questions. Now, you can do this like with a with a survey that they can fill in. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But I've just been working with a 
a client has got a clothes store where they've just been asking customers, oh, what social media do you normally use? And they're almost expecting everybody to say Instagram. And it turned out it was a slightly older demographic. They were saying, well, actually, we use Facebook and Twitter. Oh, that's really useful. And I think there's something about if you can build up that picture of who your customer is, not only are you going to buy the right products and put it in front of them, but you can tell them the right stories in an environment that suits them. So, for instance, if you've got an older demographic, typically some of them might be on TikTok. But if you're going to do all your marketing on TikTok and tell all your stories on there, then you're probably hitting the wrong people. So for me, having that customer avatar and flushing it out a little bit allows you to understand the stories that are going to be relevant to them and how to tell it to them in a way that they will receive it, if that makes sense about the customer avatar. Yeah, no, it does. I think so. You know, we're looking at obviously the story. So we have a really great product. And for example, I don't know, we'll pretend this is a product and, you know, it's made whatever by hand or whatever that unique selling point is of it. And then I suppose as a process as such, we're we're looking at that product and that story. But then we're, we're understanding what market to penetrate. So who are we actually chasing? We're not chasing everybody, um, but we're we're being really strategic. And I think that's what you're talking about there. So we're going out and we're doing our surveys. We're, we're, we're asking the right questions to understand how to get our messaging clear. And I think that's what you're saying there. And our messaging clear on the right platform, because I think many of us can uh, get very overwhelmed um, with social media and there is so much content there we're consuming on a daily basis um, and it can be quite hard to be on all platforms and especially if you're building a community and you're interacting or engaging on those platforms because I think it's one thing to talk about you know your product or talk about your store or your retail business but you don't build a community without interacting with those people. So really, do you have the time and resources to interact on five platforms? Or are you just really looking at one or two where you know those customers are going to be on and you're asking them about how they got on with the product, you're engaging with them and building a relationship with those customers, which I think is really important. Yeah, I mean, reality is we don't have unlimited budget and time, which is, you know, and 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 I think there's a little bit where... I think marketing in so many ways can be over very, very, very overwhelming. And I like to try and simplify the thinking behind it, which is why we started with storytelling. It's why we're trying to understand where our customers are. And then I think you were saying about social media overwhelm. I saw a great stat that the average person uses their thumb to scroll the equivalent of the Statue of Liberty every week. Well, that's quite a lot of scrolling. No wonder my thumbs are so healthy. And I think there's a thing where If we're time poor and cash poor when it comes to marketing, where are we going to invest our time and our energy? And that's why I said to you, if you can understand your customer avatar and you can understand where and how they hang out, then you can go and reach them in in the right space. And whether that is social media, whether that is traditional media, but I think that understanding of who our customers are is so important and i think what's great for retailers is you have your existing customers go and talk to them go and ask them questions about where it is that they hang out where do they you know some of it you know you know if people are walking into your store wearing designer clothing so you can kind of build up an impression of them 
you know by the kind of credit cards they use you know you can build up that impression and and a good retailer knows who their customers are but asking them a few more questions about where they go who they interact with how they engage i think it really helps you build the decisions around where do you put your marketing efforts and i think otherwise you're going to waste time but also you're going to waste resource and and it's fascinating for me when people say Oh, but my my store's for everyone. Well, it might be, but who is your typical customer? Because there is always a typical customer that comes into a store. And there's always, you know, don't get me wrong, there's always exceptions to that. If you if you run a, a, a trainer store um, where, you you know, you do brightly colored trainers, you, you're going to get a certain demographic. But that doesn't mean that you might not get a retired person going in to buy something for their grandchild, et cetera, et cetera. However, for me, it's about your typical customer and how can you get more of them? You know, if you are going to go after a different segment, great, but make sure that you've got everybody from your typical first is my thinking. Mm, I think that's really interesting. And I think what you touched on there is if we are looking at going after after a different segment market, that could be a gifting market, that could be maybe yeah. you could do promotion around that. So, you know, we're doing that over maybe a limited time run, but we can see, you know, that could be a thing where we could measure that then, I suppose, more specifically down in that um, down in that piece. Um for I suppose for a lot of businesses that are, you know, we have this whole thing with, I suppose. Facebook ads and and Instagram ads and they're constantly changing the algorithm and and a lot of businesses are kind of struggling to get footfall in in, in some of the stores in the city centres and um, Richard and again I know you're based in the UK and we're over here in Ireland but you know we've seen the rules uh, are the same though Louise yeah the, the, the rules are the same the, algor- the algorithm is the same and and for me with social media there's, there's a couple of things to think about first of all what's your voice and what's your personality mm. You know, are you kind of cheeky and fun, um, like my gift shop in 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 Malvern, where she's got you know that great kind of sparky personality, which is reflected in her products and her service. Where you know, what's your tone of voice? And then it's kind of like, where where are your customers? So if you've kind of got a more kind of traditional clothing boutique, do you need to have that kind of cheeky personality? Is that how you are in store? Probably not. But what you might have is like great service, kind of great tips and style. Then bring that voice out and share it. And then I think when you were talking about getting people into your store, I think social media is a great way of communicating. And But I don't think it's the only way of communicating. Mm. I think there are other ways as, as well. And, you know, there are the traditional means, um, whether that be leafleting or, or posters or radio press PR whether it's doing events, whether it's, you know, the old school, how do you get somebody to recommend you? Is there somewhere where you give somebody a voucher, say, thank you very much for shopping with us. Here's a voucher off your next uh, shop. And here's one to give to a friend. There's so many different ways of bringing people in. You know, do you put a voucher on um, a leaflet that you distribute? And, and, And I think social media is fantastic. And it works really well for some people. But don't forget the traditional kind of marketing in your toolbox. Vouchers and coupons still work. Mm. And, and and I think there's also kind of, we talked about storytelling. And for me, the, there's 
you always say it on LinkedIn, but you also see it in kind of the major cities where people do fantastic window displays and people take pictures of it and share it. Well, this is what I was saying to you earlier about storytelling. Consumers are always look customers and consumers are always looking for content. If you do an amazing window display, people will talk about it, they'll take pictures, they'll share it with their communities. And you see it on Instagram, you see it on Twitter, and you don't have to be a Fortnum and Mason or a Harrods to to do these great window displays. Independents can do that and create something really fantastic. And then very simply, just put a hashtag on the window so people and make it easy for people to share. Because like I said, people are always looking for material to share. And giving people the opportunity to create their own content and again, referring to the artist store, she's just put a giant kangaroo in the middle of her store that, that's made of lots of different parts of Australia. So they've kind of got different materials, this and that. And it's so people can come in and have a picture with it. But she did it because it was cool. But I was like, well, this is a great content opportunity for people. If you give people the opportunity to create content, they will do it. That then becomes conversational currency that they can share with their communities. And what are the things that you can do as a retailer that creates the opportunity to create conversational currency for consumers? And that can be a simple window display, or it could be something inside the store. And how many restaurants have we seen in the big cities that have kind of got those flower garlands over the roof, uh, over the door as you come in? Lots of people to stop and take a picture. Now, I'm not saying everybody should do a flower garland on their door, because I think it's a little bit overdone. But it's your store. Go and do something cool inside it that allows people to share it. That's And then once you've created that, you can talk about it on your social media. You can talk about it with your customers. And I think, to me, that's where you can do some really great stuff without having to spend thousands and thousands on Facebook or Instagram ads, which they work for some people but not for everybody. We can create our own stories for people to share. Yeah, I think that's really, really interesting. And I loved that um, um, conversational currency. I, I think that's such a fantastic word, conversational currency. And we talk about telling stories around, you know, retail marketing. It's conversational currency. When we talk about um, having stories that are Instagrammable, which I think is, is a huge focus now, people that are in store design or people that are fitting stores are actually yeah. looking at spaces in their stores now um, where we can get, as you said, people that are influencers, people that are going to create content for you um, in your business. And I think that is another, you know, that's another arm, I think, of our marketing strategy. And I think it's it's another thing that we can definitely look at. I think our retailers can definitely think about is there a particular area in our store where we can set up these, you know, it could be a little small space in the corner, whatever that might be. And we can we can have these spaces as, as you said, um, content creation areas and um, where we're actually getting our customers coming in the door, helping us market our business. Um, and I think that that is, it's, it's, it's really, really strong, Richard. And I think even from our staff, you know, and I think I listened to um, Gary Vaynerchuk there a few years ago and there was this thing around, you know, um, our, we're going to be hiring influencers in our businesses. Um, to but we're all influencers, Louise. This, we're this all is something, yeah. But we're, we're, yeah. we're all influencers. And, and I think this is really interesting that, if we give people 
an opportunity if we give people something that is worth sharing that's the conversational currency and and you know we talked about something that is um that you can photograph but it doesn't have to be that's not possible for everybody it could be something as simple as sampling sampling is like it doesn't matter um 40 percent of all clothing that women buy is returned online so you can go into a store you can try something on and and that experience is fantastic if you want to get people to try a new product and and there's a great example that jack daniels used where they say how can we get liquor on lips and for me it's about can you do sampling in store and that sampling in store is is a great way of activating your customers but also activating your staff how can you teach them about the products and i think there's lots and lots of ways that you know retail's been told for years that they can't compete with online i disagree you can compete online you have to create memorable experiences you have to have unique stories and you know sampling is done brilliantly if you go into any hotel chocolate store you'll always be given a sample and you know if we think about it as an independent how can we how can we do things that allow people to share stories allow people to you know influence their local communities because in the same way that you know you might have a conversation with your friends oh you've got to go to this store it's great or you've got to go to this new restaurant what are those reasons and how can you help people share those stories whether it's sampling whether it's something instagrammable in store whether it's that service from somebody in a fashion boutique that goes no that doesn't look right on you but this does and they're the kind of you know the magic that retailers need to share yeah, and I, I totally agree with that activations piece and sampling. And a brand that does that really well is Rituals, who I used to work with at one point. I don't know about you, Richard, but what I found was 2019, there was a huge, you know, we had Lush, all these kind of cosmetic yeah. brands really driving, as you said there, brand activation. So we're getting the, you know, we're using that interaction, that touch feel piece because we know it increases conversion and um, when we process it, you know, we're going to get, get it through the till if we get them to touch and feel, taste the product. But I feel when COVID hit, everything stopped. So we closed our fitting rooms in stores. And then I am going to touch on this because I do think that that now we're trying to nearly go back to that again. Does that make sense? Because we closed yeah. the fitting rooms. We said, you know, cosmetic brands weren't allowed, you know, we weren't allowed to give out samples. And we weren't allowed to do any of that. And these are these are big, big brands that weren't giving us, you know, normally you get the sample or whatever and all of this sort of thing. And that went to a total standstill in 2020. 2021, still not really clear. 2022, we're starting to now get back into it. But there's we feel now, I feel since that whole movement has happened that now we're we've nearly forgotten about that and we're nearly going well we need to now you know do virtual reality we need to not have that touch and feel and and I don't know as a lot of retailers got back into that and um, because I, I seen it massive in 2019 like huge and then obviously COVID hit and things changed and I understand with the restrictions and stuff but what is your take on that I suppose have you seen it yeah I think it's coming back gradually yeah. Yeah. I think it's coming back and I, and I think it needs to come back for retailers to ha- almost have that differentiation. You know, reality is Amazon sell just about everything. So why should I go into a store? Like, what are the reasons to go into a store? Well, if you've got Amazon Prime, they'll deliver it next day. 
And I think you have to give people not just the, the traditional kind of convenience, great service. I, I think that great experience is really important. And I think that COVID, it really hurt retail. But I think it could almost be an opportunity now that after being locked up and stopped from doing what we want and being able to do what we want, there's almost that opportunity now to give people back that great experience, that kind of, you know, go back to the traditional retail values of great service, you know, community focus. And I think there's something that, you know, the large internet companies, as much as they want to be community focused and local, they don't, they can't do the, oh, welcome back, insert customer's name. Do you know what I mean? They can't do that personalized, you know, as much as they give you your personal recommendations, I think that human interaction and that real world experience, I think is something that, you know, I often say marketing's too important to just leave to the marketing department. If you've got a member of staff working for you in the, in the store, they are an influencer. They are a brand ambassador. They're so much more than an employee. They are the face of your business. And I think that if you can empower them and give them the tools, then they can be a great marketing asset for you because everybody's an influencer. Yeah, I think that is so, so true. And I think, uh, I, I do think in, in and it's probably larger scale retailers more so than the, the real small ones because they're they're doing the everything. They're the, you know, one man band show that, you know, and, and I've seen it in working companies myself, you know, well, that's not my job. That's the marketing department. That's not my job to promote. That's the marketing. And I, I and it, it is, you know, there was a sentiment there where, you know, a lot of big, big retailers worked in silo, you know, with uh, HR, with, uh, you know, marketing, with. Um, now, I've seen a huge change in the last, you know, five, 10 years where marketing departments are working with um, store managers are working. They're getting feedback of how those campaigns are running in the stores and looking at, I suppose, localized markets and not looking at it like it's a one size fits all marketing strategy. And it's it is really narrowing that down, but narrowing it down to what that customer base is for that particular area, that particular store manager and 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 seeing what's going on, because it is very different in different parts of the country where you're based yeah. you could be in Ireland or the UK very different demographic uh, very different cultures um, and very different people so I the principles to... remain the same the principles yeah. remain the same I if you give people a great experience they'll talk about it you've got to give people reasons to come and have a conversation with you you've got to empower your teams to be able to talk to the customers and, and, and I think for me whilst your sampling might be different in Dublin to London or, you know, Cork to Corby, you know, fundamentally the idea of sampling, the idea of welcoming customers, the idea of giving them reasons to talk about you remains the same and giving, you know, as a store, as a retailer, what are the stories you're sharing? doesn't matter where you're based. Those principles remain the same. And I think, you know, I was thinking about it from, a content perspective what is the content that we share with people and whilst it might be different depending on the location the principle remains the same and one of the things that I think a lot of people get stuck on is right what, what what's the content what content should I share and for me it's about having three or four strands and then filling it up so you can call them content pillars content buckets whatever you want 
and it could be three or four different themes. So a really simple one might be the products that we have, the team, and the local area. And then you have these pillars, and then you go out into your stores and get content. And that could be based around the products. I told you about the Rube's soap earlier or the street art. You know, you've got loads of product pictures. But then it could be around the store and the staff could be stories about the people that work there, stories about your customers sharing kind of information about, you know, the ethos of the business. You know, what are the reasons to care about a store? What are the reasons for somebody to, you know, shop and share and be a champion for you rather than going online? And then the other idea might be about the local area and sharing content about that and supporting other you know, stores and businesses around you. And again, I was talking to to um, one of my clients about actually the people within a five-minute walk are not your competition. There's another town or a tourist town an hour away that that's your competition or Amazon's your competition. So actually giving people a reason to shop in your local area is not just your store, it's the local area. Well, there's a fantastic coffee shop next door. Share their content engage with people around that and and those simple content pillars allow you a structure and allow you a way of you know being able to put solid foundations and create the content to share with your audience around the stories that are going to be interesting to them so just a thought that might help people that's great that is a great and that's a great structure i think and it's simplified it just one last question i'm going to ask you richard um, and I suppose it's a sentiment that I've seen from talking to retailers, my own clients as well, is that it feels that we're, we're, we're trying to, retailers are trying to compete marketing-wise with online. We're trying to reach loads of people. Do you feel we've overcomplicated a simple process? Do you feel that retailers are, they're, they're nearly, they're, they're getting confused on, on, I suppose, what their deliverables are from a marketing piece in a store. Do you, do, because I'm, I am seeing a little bit of that and I know you touched on, you know, and I'm, I'm not hearing a lot of it, but I, I do see there's a huge return investment with, as you said, you know, the old fashioned way, you know, again, going out and doing leaflet drops or whatever that might be, that there is still a huge market for that. But we're, we're, we're really not seeing the wood from the trees in that aspect. I think marketing has been so overcomplicated. And I think there's so many different ways to spend money. And it's always interesting when you 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 check your LinkedIn or, or your phone messages and you'll often have people, I can help you with your SEO. I can help you with Facebook. I can do Instagram for you. I, I can do TikTok. I can do all of these things. And and it, it's become really overcomplicated. Reality is most retail businesses need more customers coming into store, spending more money. So how do we increase the sales uh, the average transaction value or the average amount of customers per week. Fundamentally, that's what we need to do. Marketing is there to assist that process. And if you simplify it, your stories, your reasons to come in, your unique points, your customers, how do you connect it? And if that connection process is by using SEO or by Instagram, great, do it whether it's by using leaflets. And I think everywhere is different, which is why I think you need to have a little bit of a plan. 
but I also think you need to know your customers and your stories. And then it's just about connecting them. And I think it's really interesting. Everybody will tell you that the type of marketing they do is the most important. You need to do Google ads. You need to do SEO. You need to do Instagram. You need to do what's right for your customers in the same way that you get the right product assortment. It's no different with marketing. What are the messages that are going to influence people to come in and increase their average transaction value or increase the average amount of customers into your store? Simplify it, really simplify it. And then you can start building a plan around it. But like I said, there's so many people out there selling their services, which is great, but there's also a little bit what's right for our customers. Mm, thank you, Rich. Um, so at the end of the show, I just give a kind of an overview of what we kind of discussed, I suppose. And I think you you really touched on it there just a minute ago. We have a really great product. We need to have a story around that product. So again, building a story around that product, understanding your customer that wants to buy that product and aligning that with that customer and understanding that customer avatar you have coming into your business, shopping with you. And how do you find out that customer avatar? Surveys, ask questions, go out to the marketplace, find out who they are, build that avatar and then understand how they want to be communicated. So what way do they want to be communicated? Is it by email? Is it by text? Is it, are they on? What social media handles are they on? How do we reach out to them? How do we communicate to them? How do we tell them about offers or promotions? So figuring out what way they want to be communicated to and tailoring your marketing strategy that way, which is really important. I think you touched on around building um, stories around your brand that we can build themes or pillars. And you gave an example there of products, teams or local areas so again you could build and um, stories around the product so again talking about that amazing product where it came from and um, if it's a sustainability piece whatever that might look like in your domain and um, teams so talking about your staff interacting with that product maybe they've used it maybe they've sampled it maybe they've given it as a gift maybe you're going to have a photo maybe there's going to be a talking point around it Maybe there's something on the local area. Maybe you're getting involved with, I know we talked about coffee shops. Maybe you're partnering with a coffee shop. You're doing an event. Talk about that. Bring that into the domain. Maybe you're partnering up with someone. Again, we talked about window displays. Um, these are key selling points. Don't forget about that. You know, having a QR code or whatever that is, so they can share that. Making your business, um, you know, as I suppose, and you touched on this conversational currency. So conversational currency is, is and I think that's such a fantastic word to use um, and I'm going to be definitely using it a lot more in the next couple of weeks but I think it's such a powerful word conversational currency we talk a lot in our business we talk a lot about our business but how much of that is conversational currency so much of that are we going to convert so really telling our story to the right audience in the right way it's going to engage those people that we want to bring into our business which I think is really important and again we touched on activations which is our sampling and you touched on something there, 40% of clothing and bought online is returned. So look at that uh, statistic as a huge opportunity for people wanting to come into the stores and try on your products and have that amazing experience. And it's not to say that we can't catch them when they do the returns. We can also create an experience with that itself. You have two great case studies um, about two great stores that really looked for finding what made them unique in their marketplace. 
Um, and yeah, so there was really, really great learnings there. Is there anything else you want to add on to that? Yeah, just a few tips to to help people. I think doing marketing is great, but you need to do a little bit of planning. And to do your planning, very simple. Know your customers, know your stories, but also monitor and track what you do. If you do a leaflet campaign with a voucher, how many were bought back? If you do a Facebook campaign, how many interactions did you get? How many engagements did you get? I love benchmarking as well. So what do your competition does? But also look outside competition. And and there's a there's a brilliant um, cake chain called EL&N. Their social media is stunning. Have a look at what they do well. So their content pillars around product, people, and their stores. And it is really obvious. So I think for me, there's something about benchmarking. Benchmarking is not copying. It's looking at what other people do well. Because when you are doing your marketing, you need to be you. You need to know your voice and you need to know your business. And those stories don't necessarily just have to be about your products. They can be about why you set your business up. So I talked about the Zero Waste store. She did it because she wanted a better future for her kids. That's really powerful. Why did you set your business up? What do you enjoy about it? I think that whole idea of your voice and your tone of voice and your brand voice is really important. And then just remember with marketing, it's about inviting people to your party and giving them unique reasons to come and hang out with you and your store. It really is that simple. That's fantastic. Um, I love that last part. It's about inviting people to your party. So we want to get the party filled. We don't want there to be nobody there to to celebrate with us. That's really great. Richard, um, we've come to the end of the session. Um, I'm really excited. We're going to have more of these um, in-depth discussions, which I'm really excited about. And I know there's going to be lots of retailers. They're going to have a pen and paper writing down because there is so much great nuggets there um, that we've discussed along the way. And if anyone wants to reach out to you, Richard, you're on LinkedIn. You're quite active. Um, Richard Leverman on Richard Solutions on LinkedIn. Is that right? Yes. So Richard Leverman um, is the easiest way to find me and my business is Richard Solutions, both of which have really easy pages to find on LinkedIn. Please feel free to connect and comment. Brilliant. So if you have any questions for uh, Richard on what we've discussed today um, or you want to know a little bit more around retail marketing, definitely reach out to him. Um, He's a salmon of knowledge. And thank you so much for coming on um, today, Richard. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks.